Do you like NASCAR? Do you like a tribe called Quest? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Do you like manwich and nachos? Well, then you'd love the Urban Conservative. Do you like guns? Do you like butter? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Yo, what's good, son? You like pit bulls, say? You like solving Sudoku puzzles? Then you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Hey, buddy, if your car making a sound like this, you might want to get you some power steering fluid and check out the Urban Conservative podcast. Are you repulsed by the idea of drag queen story time at your local library, but enjoy Carol Baskin TikTok memes? Then you would enjoy the Urban Conservative. Do you want to slap your boss and then go home and make yourself some golden brown pancakes covered in butter and freshly made warm berry syrup? Then you'll love the Urban Conservative. You're a little over Cardi B and you're repulsed by the thought of Hogmaw. Check out the Urban Conservative. Are you ready? <laughs> If you think the earth is flat and always on that weird side of YouTube, check out the Earth Conservative. They'll set you straight. <laughs> if you're in a chasing dopey and you love South Fish and the Festival, check out the Urban Conservative. <laughs> All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Urban Conservative Podcast. Yes, I'm sir. Ali, I'm here with my twin brother, Raheem, architect Soto. As always, much appreciation for everybody. Get in the comment section. Let us know where you're watching from. If you, you haven't know. done so already, jump on over to TUC, TUConservative.com. Get yourself a membership. Get yourself signed up. Get yourself squared away. We have a goal of reaching 2,000 new subscribers this year. So if you can help us hit that 2,000, please don't hesitate. Get on the, the website. You get the news feed. You get the blog. Get some content. And we got a major event that we're going to uh, be doing in in uh, Southern Pines, Pinehurst, Moore County area. Shout out to Moore County, amazing event this past weekend. If you haven't done so, go over to my Facebook page, take a look at it. But that's all the shout outs I got for today. Well, 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 we got to mention June 19th. We got to, we got to mention that Saturday, June 19th. We will be at the Marketplace Restaurant doing TUC Live. You can get your tickets, tuclive.eventbrite.com. It includes the meal. It's going to be a wonderful presentation. My brother and I are going to come out. Um, and we're going to talk about this chaos to conservatism uh, journey that we've been on. So stay tuned. More about that. More about that. But uh, Ali, uh, where, where are we going? It's, it's, do the introduction for today. You got it. Wait, mute, buddy. Mute, buddy. You're mute, My mic buddy. is muted. My bad. I got, a, I got a congressional briefing going on in the background, bro. Big things are gone. But listen, y'all know this guy, friend of the show, 
partner of the show here, one of the co-founders of the Urban Conservative, uh, probably one of the hardest working elected officials in the state of North Carolina. And if I say may say so, one of the dopest haircuts that I've seen in a long time in this picture. So shout out and please welcome back to the Urban Conservative, your friend and ours, Mr. David Hensley, back on the Urban <laughs> Yeah, we gotta yes, get the sound effects machine. <laughs> there you go. Yo, Rob, before we jump in, we gotta we gotta talk about this, David. We gotta talk about this right here. <laughs> yeah, we gotta talk about that right there. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's me on the left. Uh, about 10 years ago, I guess, um, with my naturally, it was longer. That's actually kind of, um, anyway, that's my naturally curly hair. What do you guys think? Yo, I think you grow it back out, bro. Yo, all right. So, David, you look like if you said, if I walked up to you, y'all look like you would say something like, my band's playing over here. <laughs> like, like, like that would be a statement. You guys look like you look like the bass player for a band in that picture. <laughs> you know, so so let's set this. Let's set this. Uh, to, let's put this to rest right now. I have zero musical ability. I cannot even tap my foot in rhythm to music. I love music. I love live music, but you will never see me in a band. <laughs> no, nice. I I tell you what you didn't. I you I thought you need to pull up the other photo. See, that was on my Facebook post on my Facebook. But you need to target what I'm really targeting. If I do this again, I'm targeting Robert Plant mid seventies. Now there's a picture there. If you can pull it up, I'll I'll show you my target hair. It's in the same post, right? Yeah, it's in the same thread. Okay, I'll find it. You guys. So while he's do doing that, first, David, we, we yeah. want to kind of, because there's some important things going first, on. I will find it. Really for the people that watch the show, they know who you are. They've watched your journey getting on the school board out there in Moore County, and you've hit the ground, like, running hard. Um, what's it like on school board out there, bro? What's What's been happening out there in Moore County? So, uh, you know, well, yes, I, I had my wilderness year, my wilderness weeks. I, I kind of dropped off because I had a lot of uh, stuff going on. I got some catching up to do and I got, yeah, that's it. So that is my hair. Oh, wait, where'd it go? That is my hair. That's Robert Plant, mid seventies. If I grow my hair out again, that's what I'm going for. Well, right well there. this is the official Hensley hair challenge right here. I'd love to see it. <laughs> So, Robert Plant Hair Dope, tell us, school board, I've seen some a lot of information you've put out. What's been going on out there, brother? So, we, uh, as you all know, we had a, uh, Moore County is a conservative county. We are a county of traditional values. We are a people of traditional values, right? And uh, I'm just, just real quick, about five years ago, five or six years ago, everyone needs to guard against this. They moved leftists in. People, Democrats their whole life, leftist, leftist ideals. They moved into the county and they staged the coup of the school board. They threatened legal action. They did this, that, and the next thing. The previous school board was made up. I mean, were they perfect individuals? No, but, you know, they were long-term residents. They were, they were truly representative of the citizens of Moore County. Well, these leftists came in and they threatened lawsuits and this and that. There's a big uproar. And, and they got most of them to resign mm. because, you know, they didn't have the financial you know resources and stuff to fight back or they didn't know how to fight back. So so the leftists took over the Moore County School Board. 
and they really governed against their will. They really governed against the values of Moore County for yeah. four years, and they they well, you've heard me talk about it. It was really a coalition between the swamp and the far left. And I guarantee you, if you look at other counties, it's the same thing. So you had the swamp who wanted nothing more than to fleece the taxpayers and, you know, pay off their buddies through bond issues and construction contracts or, you know, whatever. So you had the swamp as part of the coalition. The other part of the coalition were the leftists who really didn't care about that money and stuff. They just wanted to indoctrinate instead of educate. They wanted to implement their leftist stuff. So they formed a coalition. They staged a coup of the school board and they ran the roost for four years. The citizens of Moore County had enough. So uh, I stepped up. I was a critic and I criticized them for good reasons. I decided that I had the, uh, you know, I could contribute to the to the fix. So I threw my hat in the ring and I ran so, along so, with the, the, the David, one, one question, because I don't want to yeah. fly by that. So the, the the statement that you just made, I want people who may be hearing this for the first time to understand that you can document this document, there's this is not you just saying this. There's a there's a way to present what you're saying that can show this mismanagement and show this this inefficiency and and what you're saying. This is not like a conspiracy or something, right? Oh, is, oh, I, yeah, absolutely not. Okay, no, I mean, and, yeah, and I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, but you know, that would be a whole nother show, right? I mean, it would be, and we've talked about some of it in the past here on the Urban Conservative. We could do a whole show on fiscal mismanagement and how they blew $103 million on three gold-plated schools in Southern Moore County to hook up their country club buddies and to get themselves right. reelected. Right. And oh, by the way, it didn't work. You know, so they I spent people to understand that you were yeah. given a, a simplified version of that statement that you're right. not just throwing that out there. There's yep. a whole nother 20 hour episode. Oh yeah. That yeah. Can go yeah. through to yeah. show you point for point almost dollar for dollar, if you will, the mismanagement and the, and the, 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 what's been committed here, I'll use the term. So, so carry on, please. I, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought that was important. So anyway, there was, you know, there was an election and, uh, the, uh, we ran a slate of candidates. There was myself and, uh, uh, Bob Levy, uh, who's a longtime resident and, uh, he grew up here and he became an attorney and he's a retired attorney now, super smart guy, uh, conservative. And uh, he ran and Philip Holmes. Philip Holmes is a former law enforcement uh, uh, officer. And now he is uh, he runs a funeral home. He's a director of a funeral home. You know, blue collar guy, great guy, goes hunting, you know, like comes in out of the field from, you know, uh, duck hunting into the board meeting. Right. So we have divert. You know, we're starting to get diversity on the school board. Right. Instead of you know, these, these leftists that all come in and think exactly the same, you know, now we have an attorney, we have a businessman with military experience, you know, we're, so we're getting true diversity, you know, diversity of background, diversity of, of experience, diversity of education, not superficial stuff like skin color and gender and sexual orientation. You know, that's, that's what the, the Democrats like to talk about diversity, but that's not true diversity. That's just right. that's superficial stuff. Right. So anyway, so we got sworn in in December and every since December, the left has thrown everything they could at us. They, they threw everything they could at us during the election. Uh, you know, they, 
they spent $103 million plus on new schools. They timed the ribbon cutting so they happened before. The, and it still didn't do any good. And they've been throwing everything they can at us after the election. But it's not working because, A, it's not true. And, B, you know, they're just bitter because they lost. And, you know, their tactics, as you all know, is to divide more county. And it's just a handful of them. You know, as you got, you probably see it in Cabarrus County and up in New York. You know, once you show the emperor has no clothes, right, right. then people realize, oh, wow, those, that large group really is only a core group of six to ten agitators, and then they suck otherwise well-intentioned people into their orbit. Nice. So, so what we've done is the, the reason they've lost credibility and their numbers are dwindling in Moore County is – you know, we articulated the conservative approach. We conserve we we the traditional approach. We 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 articulated the the traditional you know the conservative solution, and then we laid them bare. That that's all they want to do is they want to divide. They came here to do their leftist stuff, and they're very few in numbers, but they're outsized by their shrill voices. Let me let me ask you a quick question, David. What do you think makes because isn't the end result what's best for the kids? Isn't the end game of these positions and like to be involved with the school board, to become an educator, to get, isn't the end result what's best for the children? So, I mean, what's the, what's the dissension against rationality and, and, and being logical in this scenario? I don't, I don't understand what's the problem here. Well, well, I mean, you would you 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 would assume that that is their goal, right? right? Because that's the goal. You know, that's the goal of all good people that go into education, whether they go into education as a teacher, an administrator, a school board member, or working in the cafeteria or driving a school bus. You know, they're there to better our community through quality education of our children, of our young people. What 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 more noble cause is there? But the fact of the matter is, is the leftists who came in to seize control of our school system, that wasn't their goal. Their goal is, as our friend Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson says, their goal, they want to indoctrinate, not educate. So their motives were not pure. Right. right? Understand the difference? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, I think that's dangerous when you mix that with education. Well, I like to say, you know, MacArthur, you know, General MacArthur, right? No, Eisenhower. I'm sorry, Eisenhower. I keep saying MacArthur. Eisenhower warned us, uh, I think his retirement speech, of the uh, military-industrial complex. Eisenhower worried us, you know, five-star general, president of the United States. When he retired, I think it was retirement speech, he warned us of the growth of the military-industrial complex. Far more dangerous is the academic industrial complex because look, look at it this way. I don't know how it is uh, up in New York, architect, but in, in North Carolina, 58%, 58% of the state budget goes to public education. Huh. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. In Moore County, 52%, I think I may be off a few percentage. At the state level, it's it's I'm sorry, at state level, it's 58%. And at the county level, it's 48%. 48% of every dollar at the county goes to public education. 
You think there's not a lot of people feeding at that trough. You think there's not a swamp. You think there's not an academic industrial complex that just wants to keep the money flowing, regardless, regardless of how inefficiently it's spent or regardless of how the product, you know, the, the, the students that they turn out. Right. And I, I think I think it's it's an amazing thing to, to kind of, you know, it's kind of jolting to have to deal with the reality that some people are in education and it's specifically about money and ego and really not the education, because we got to if we can even just look and see how America places in the world in education now versus, say, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. It's a it's a stark contrast. You know what I mean? Like our education system. I mean, once the government pretty much takes over too many things, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're turning out this this. I, I mean, it's it's amazing. So what what do you think the solution is? And and I know, like Ali said, you you came in um and then immediately started you know raising the red flag, if you will. So like what what else what else can we do? You know, besides because I've been encouraging people, David, to get involved, know who your school board is. Like it's so important right. that parents know, like, who are these people that are influencing policy at your school? And and um it is the goal. I had a parent ask me, does the school rating matter? So I I, I want I'm glad you know we got you on that. Does that matter? Does the school rating actually matter? So, so, you know, the problem with this show, Raheem, I could talk for hours on this, right? And, and just your, your last two minutes, I, you know, brought up three or four things I could talk about. So, A, yes, school grades matter. We had a school board member um, in the last session, like just this week or last week, whenever it was, our last session with, a week or so ago, she is a teacher and a principal was given a presentation about her school. It's a restart school. It's a low performing school. It's a D rated school in Moore County. We have three of those. Right. And this principal was, and, 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 you know, she's turning the school around. She came in a couple of years ago. She's turning it around, but it's a D rated school. And then the school board member who's a teacher said, see, this just goes to show those, le those grades that you all get don't mean a thing. You know, and I, I didn't, you know, I let that fly, but I wanted to say, Miss Caldwell, is that what you told your students when you give them a D? Oh, don't worry. This grade doesn't matter. I'm just going to give you a D because, right? So absolutely school grades matter. And I'll tell you, if nothing else, it is the only objective measurement that we have to compare the success of one school against the success of another. So absolutely school grades matter. Especially but, with 48% going into it. Right, right, right. But but the academic industrial complex that just dumps good money after bad into this wants to tell you, oh, don't look at the results. It doesn't matter. If only we had more money. If only so what we do had we say to the parents, right? Because people like to make this a partisan issue. And it's not right. about Republican Democrat. This is about good policy, good fiscal management, and bad. Let's right. not get in. So what do you say to the parents that think this is because of our, let's say, your personal political affiliation? How do you how do you get that out of the mix? Because it's really not about that. And I wish more parents understood that. Well, well, so right, I'm gonna challenge you a bit here. Let's back up. When the left, for the last 40 years, the left has run amok with our education system. You know, they've implemented all this stuff. And by the way, this is a point I was going to make earlier. I don't have a graph to pull up, but I know for a fact 
the U.S. used to be in the top three in education in the world. Facts. Then the U.S. started the Department of Education to get the federal government in education. I don't even think we're in the top 20 anymore. No. So the first thing you do if you want to fix education is you get the federal government out of it and you get the money out of it. If you want to fix, you know, college tuition, the reason college tuition is $20,000 a year, vice 3000 a year when I went to school in 1990 um, is because all the federal money in it. So the first fix is get the federal government out of education. We started Department of Energy. Well, look at the Department of Energy, you know. Anyway, we started Department of Anything in, in the United States, and that's when things start getting bad. Um, but what I say to parents is there is an awakening. There is an awakening. The, the left has been running the education system for the most part in the United States for the last 30 or 40 years, if not longer. If you look around, I look around North Carolina. When I was running for office back you know, last fall, I would drive from here to Charlotte. I'd drive through the different counties and I'd see Smith, conservative school board. So I think people are already doing what needs to be done is they're stepping up and, and they're speaking out. Just last, just at the last school board meeting, Pauline Bruno, wonderful person, um, she she came forward with a bunch of other Moore County residents, and they 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 uh, they had nine hundred some odd letters uh, opposing opposing the implementation of the new social studies standards and critical race theory in Moore County schools. So people are stepping up and they're being heard, and that's amazing. Pe and people need to run for office too. You know, right. we need. You know, I would love to see on the Board of Education, I'd love to see a tradesman. You know, I'd love to see someone who started out as a plumber or an electrician and then started a company and became a successful businessman. So we get that or woman. So we get that perspective because we teach the trades. Wouldn't it be great if, you know, I have a military background and uh, a business background, as you all know, so I could kind of maybe oversee and have some ideas for the ROTC and the Naval ROTC and help with the business processes and financial stuff. But if we had a, a tradesperson on the Board of Education, then, you know, that person could help us have the best um, VOTech program in the state. So, right. But you know what's scary? What? How do you get on the other side of what you're saying? Like, you're not presenting something untenable. You're saying, like, let's do something practical. Let's get people involved that have practical use for our children's futures. What it sounds like to me, like translation. These We need to have a team that translates to good policy for our community and our children's future. So, I, I mean, the left, I, the left absolutely does create a lot of mess and I and I just wish more people that that you know could could hear this and hear like okay even if you're you know put put your political affiliation to the side for a second let's talk about education we're talking about the education of our children we're talking about the rating of a school that 48% of our budget Money. is going into like right. I think we should at least be able to have a rational discussion about it first you know and and you know, the other stuff should kind of fall to the to the to the wayside, as it were. You know what I mean? So so what's coming up there in Moore County um, as, as it relates to developments with the with the school board? And and is there anything you would like to announce, you know, or, or let parents know that may see this back like or let people know? Because you know, we got a bunch of people watching. Shouts out to everybody watching. Um, you know what what what's going on down there? What's next for the school board moving forward? 
Well, let me back let me let me back up a little bit and talk mm -hmm. about the other thing that will help uh, help uh, schools and and it helps government at all levels and that's transparency. And I'm going to talk about a couple of things. The left tries to off that you know they they really try to obfuscate what they're doing. The left, especially in, in an area like North Carolina and in Moore County in particular, they can only they can only operate by hiding what they're trying to do. And I've got a couple of things that I, I, I a couple examples I'd like to provide. I have you know I've been on the school board January December January February March four months. I have found the smoking gun. I have found the document, this isn't it, but I have found the document that has typing on it, right? That shows the lengths to which the previous school board went to implement their leftist ideas and their leftist ideology in Moore County schools. If I release this document, people would be outraged if they knew what the uh, previous school board was trying to implement. But I can't release that because they made it a protected document. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So I named this episode, Does the Left Want Transparency in the Education System? Right? The answer is no. Okay. I happen to just name that, that the name of that, you know, this particular episode, because I thought that right. was kind of the theme of where we're going. Parents need to understand that. Educators need to understand that. That why wouldn't you? want transparency and what you're trying to teach the kids like what what are some of the reasons why does the government why does the government plot and implement anything except war plans and things involving national security in private they shouldn't here's another example there is a lawsuit settlement that the school district did that i can't talk about i can't talk about it because the previous board wrote a non-disclosure into the settlement that binds future school boards. So they've effectively shut me up about talking about this settlement. So the public doesn't know because of this gag order slash non-disclosure that the previous board put into it, the public doesn't know whether the issue was dealt with, whether or not more county schools are safe because the previous board's action shut me and others down. So those are two examples of where the left has done stuff, but they sneakily did it so that they don't get exposed. So someone's going to have to go to court and file a lawsuit to get the documents released that should have been released anyway. So, so what would be the motive of not wanting people to see that, though? Like, why, why wouldn't you want parents to see that? Well, it's like cockroaches, you know, cockroaches, you shine the light and they scurry. Yeah. You know, the, the way you defeat, the way you defeat leftists is you just expose them. Because their ideas, I mean, maybe in Berkeley, you know, maybe in New York City, maybe in Chicago, they get standing ovations. But outside those, you know, dark, whatever blue areas right uh there you go bob finch yeah but the school board hasn't been republican controlled for decades we're talking about the school board not moore county um anyway we're talking about the moore county school board anyway so um 
I lost my train of thought, but whatever I said, I'm sure it was brilliant. No, all right, perfect. No, no. So I, I, I'm just really because I, I know we got, we got to get you know on the on the, the end of this, right? I, I'm, I'm curious moving forward why you know why this it, it, we talk about it, it's being a left thing. We say left a lot, and I want people to understand it's when you when you actually ascertain who's doing it. It's not we're saying the left because we don't like the left or the people good intentions can pave the road to a very bad place. You know what I'm saying? Some people might have good intentions, but not be willing to do the critical thinking work necessary to assess the policies and end up being a part of something that's, that's actually bad. So I want people to understand, we keep saying the left and the left and the left is because every time we turn around pretty much, and it's a situation like that, and we're like, okay, well, who, where are you at? Oh, you're on the left? Oh, man. Every single time, everywhere we go, these cities that are being burnt yeah. to the ground, it, where there's no law and order, where there's, it's people, it, it's it's usually people on the left. It, so, I mean, I, 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 I'm almost at a loss for words because it's it's terrible. It's a terrible idea to think that people would cover up something from the taxpaying public and the parents of the children. That, like, it's mind boggling to me. It's one right. of those things where I don't understand how that's allowed to take place. And there isn't a legal ramification. Like, why don't they throw people out? We're talking about Mr. Potato Head here. Like, <laughs> like am I wrong? Like, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And we'll get past that. This information is going, this information will be made public. If I have to go to court myself and get a declaratory judgment from a judge saying that, yes, this is not a protected document and you can talk about it because the people have a right to know. The people have a right to know about those two topics. I'll just leave it at that, that I, that I, that I mentioned right, earlier. Right, and right. they certainly have a right to know the length at which the previous school board uh, gave instructions uh, to move more county schools to the far left. And one other thing, Ryan, to your point, I want to clarify something. I, I say leftist. I say leftist. So you got a political spectrum, right? And when I say leftist, I'm talking about the far radical left. And in more, look, it's always just a core group. I mentioned this earlier about the emperor has no clothes. It's always just a small group. Right. And, you know, and it's six or eight people in Moore County that are the hard leftists. I call them flying monkeys. I used another, you know, if you take a planet, right, you got a planet and then you got the core people, right? The hard leftists. We'll, we'll say this planet's Uranus, right? So the hard lefts are Uranus. <laughs> and then, and then around, uh, and then you got rings around the planet. You got rings around Uranus, right? So you got, you know, the inner close ring are, are kind of the hard left people anyway that are just going to be there and, and never, they're closed minded. They're not going to listen to any ideas. And then you've got the further you go out from Uranus, then you got this big ring, right? And these are the well intentioned people. These are the well-intentioned people that just, you know, they move to Moore County and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And these, 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 the, the Uranus has this sexy website, you know, called Public School Advocates. They had a real people, strong gravitational pull. Right, right. And then these people get sucked in, and then they're, they're, they're then they they get used mm. by these hard left. And then they once they figure it out, they kind of veer off and they orbit somewhere else right but anyway i think the, the main part of that is leftists are just uranus and they suck people in so yeah yeah there you go but anyway the key is it's a 
it's a small group of people when most of the other people who end up listening to them are well-intentioned. They're just fooled by the leftists because that's part of their strategy. That's the only way they can get stuff done is to obfuscate lack of transparency and fool people. Right, right. And make very make very poor arguments about the facts. Like because right. this is starting to appear like a, a, a almost a thing where it's all right to get away with something if you're on the left. You can you can get away with critical race theory because enough of you guys control academia. Enough we've on the right, I think, allowed enough of them to get in, in control of these positions to allow that type of stuff. And it's absolutely detrimental. It's harmful. You know, I mean so what's the status with the curriculum out there? Is there, is there, uh, is it in the curriculum, the critical race theory now or, or what, like, what's the status of it right now? The, uh, the implement, the implementation, although it wasn't called critical race theory, you know, a couple of years ago, or the, the term wasn't known, the implementation of that started under the previous school board. And we're trying to figure out exactly where it is, and we're trying to stop it. My good friend, uh, Robert Levy, who will be on my radio program tomorrow on The Weave, uh, he's in the policy committee, and he introduced a policy this week. um, Maybe He introduced a policy in the policy committee um, banning critical race theory in Moore County schools. Okay. Now his 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 policy his proposed policy, uh, it was age appropriate, and it didn't say you couldn't talk about critical race theory because of course you should talk about it. And and his policy was very well thought out, and it said, look, critical race theory is not going to be the underpinnings of education in Moore County. Now, when you get to high school, if you want to teach it as you know, hey, here's the here's the lines of thought, and you know, choose one, but you know, here's the five or six ways of looking at history or whatever. That's fine. Two people on the, there were three people on the committee. There was Robert Levy who proposed the policy. And then there was Libby Carter, who's the chair and Ed Dennison. Both of the other two people on the uh, committee were both incumbents who we, the people in Moore County didn't get a chance to vote on. They both voted for, they voted against Bob Levy's policy and voted for the implementation of critical race theory in Moore County schools. Right. So, so, so we are, let me say this, and we, we, Rob, Bob, Philip, and myself are, it's a four to three. We're a minority in the uh, Moore County School Board. We're getting lots of things done because, um, you know, the other board, some of the other board members vote with us and they know what the public wants done, but we're a minority and there are limitations as to what we can get done until the next election. And then right. we'll be the majority. And that doesn't mean we're not doing stuff. We're getting great things done. But there are certain things that we're not going to be able to stomp, stamp out of more county schools until we get one more vote. Right. And that makes sense. So and, I, and I'm pretty sure we'll be having more conversations about that. We'd love to, you know, keep keep abreast of what's going on down there. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are coming down. We will be down Saturday, June 19th once again. So make sure to go to TUConservative.com. Go join the website. Get a membership. Get access to the blog. Get access to the news feed. We got some products coming. There's going to be a store page up in the next week or so. So uh, all of our members will get exclusive access to that first for the first week. They get your exclusive mugs and 
cups and all of the wonderful things, T-shirts and hats and all of these things with the TUC logo and the Urban Conservative and the Hensley Report and all these wonderful we, things. We need to get we need to get Hensley School Board merchandise on there too. I want to see everyone wearing purple hats. Like yeah, uh, we definitely like do that. Everything goes in the store. Everything goes in the store. It's mandatory. So, we have so to. So, so, so what dates? What mm-hmm. dates the marketplace thing? June nineteenth. Yeah, the Marketplace Restaurant, yeah. Saturday, June 19th. We will be yep. at the Marketplace, TUC Live. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be special. We're going to, like I said, we have a good presentation that me and my brother do a set to music. Um, and we kind of take you guys on a journey to where, where, how we got to where we are. And, uh, and, and hopefully you guys can get something out of that. I can't wait to do it. It, it was fun. We did it in, out in, uh, in uh, uh, Mecklenburg County, we did one here in New York. Shouts out to everybody that attended those. It's a wonderful time. Good music. Uh, good people will be in the building. The food's included in the ticket price. So I'll make sure everybody gets that. The link will be in the description. David, once again, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. We appreciate everything you do. Um, and please, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support David Hensley, go to David Hensley School Board on Facebook. Stay abreast if you're in Moore County. What's going on with the school board? You know, your kids, your grandkids depend on it, um, and, and it's necessary. Uh, David, any closing words before we go? No, uh, kind of short. Uh, obviously, I'm not that good of, uh, I guess I'm out of practice. I mean, we could answer some of these questions over on the right if you okay, want Okay, we to. got questions? What we got? Yeah. Okay. So, look, what we got here. It says, I want to invite you to come on my radio show live. Okay, cool, cool. That's J.D. Need to. We need to talk about getting a duel out here once a week to uh, be on the weave. Look, we got uh, more counties have not been controlled by conservatives for decades. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, what else? It says, I see some other comments here. All right. Googly goats politics. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Okay. Oh, uh, hey, why, why are you looking those up? Let me talk about, you asked about the curriculum. Right. And I got yes, distracted because we're doing all kinds of great things. One thing that I said is, uh, and we got a lot of stuff coming up and there's a few things that I said that are coming to pass. And uh, one is budget transparency. Uh-huh. And in the past, the budget process, well, I'll tell you how the budget process was this year. Um, we're going to get an extra 1.8 million. How do we want to spend it? That was what they called a budget process. That, that's not a budget process. That's just, we got a windfall. What are we going to spend it? So I did, I did an amendment to the, uh, to the budget proposal, and it passed five to one that we're going to do two things. We're going to do a, this, this year, this year, we're going to do a line-by-line, a public line-by-line review of the budget, and we're going to do a position-by-position review and justification of all the positions in Moore County Schools. That was the first thing. The second thing we're going to do is every year they pass an operational budget, an operational budget. Then they complain that they don't have money to fix the schools in spite of getting 48% of every tax dollar in Moore County, right? So uh, the second thing that I I modified the proposal is we're going to make a good faith effort to negotiate with the county commissioners. There's $130 million worth of unfunded future repairs and maintenance. So we're gonna tackle, we're gonna address and we're gonna tackle those two issues this year. We're gonna, ha- we're gonna do a, line by, a public line by line review of the budget so that people know exactly where their money's being spent. Right. We know, right now the school board doesn't know how their money's spent. Just last week, we found out the school board 
was spending money with the local newspaper to advertise. Well, yeah, how about, right, and the local newspaper, you know, the one that's like, you Aren't know, they homies? <laughs> they're the people who criticize me and Levy for wanting to do reforms to the budget and reforms to Moore County School, why they're getting paid by Moore County Schools. So Right, we so, did, so does that answer this question? Why do your opponents have an issue with your cost per pupil model for the district budget? No, no, no. So that, so I can answer that for Jenny. That's a good question. So schools get funding from three areas. They get money from the federal government and pretty much all the money from, uh, from the federal government, um, ha, you know, you got to spend it on that. And pretty much almost all of that is for the lunch program. So anyway, all the federal government, you just got to spend it on federal stuff. Then you get money from the state and then the local governments, the county governments give supplementals to make up for the, the, the shortfall in funding. So the state funding is per pupil. It's very complex. But at the end of the day, you get X number of dollars per pupil. And then, you know, if, if they have this and then you get a little more and this and that. But the state model is per pupil funding. And then the local funding has just been a blob. You know, it's just been, we'll give you 30, actually the number's $32 million. We'll give you $32 million. And then the uh, the traditional or legacy charters or the legacy public schools have to share that with the public charter schools, right? But that that what I call the blob, that's just randomly determined by the county commissioners. They could say, we're going to give you 32 million this year. And next year, we're going to give you 32 million. The year after that, we'll give you 33 million. But it doesn't recognize necessarily the growth of students in, in Moore County. So, for example, Moore County is growing because, you know, Southern Pines, Pinehurst is growing. Military people are moving in, which is wonderful. But if we get a 20 percent increase in enroll, student enrollment, the county commissioners may just give us the same $32 million. So that's one problem with the way it's been done. The, the other problem with the way it's been done is if the state increases, do we need to go, Holly? Am I boring you? No, you said you there was an eight o'clock thing you wanted us to catch. So Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm sorry, guys. That, that got called off. That was there was some miscommunication. So if you don't mind, I can talk a little bit. Carry longer. on then. No, no, we okay. Ali, I was past that. I was I didn't even care about the eight. <laughs> no, Raheem was about to kick me off, and I'm like, whoa, guys, we got luck. Look, I got like five people that are listening to me. This is wonderful. <laughs> that counted, I counted you two as well. <laughs> so anyway, so what happens is and we should do a show on school funding. But anyway, so so the local funding, really, the, the local government's only supposed to provide things, buildings and building maintenance. Right. But the local school board chose, and I think most school boards do, to take part of that money and do locally funded positions. You know, we need more teachers. We need more teachers' aides, whatever. So they fund. So out of that $32 million, our previous school board chose to spend whatever 70% of that on people. So what happens is if the state gives teachers a 10% pay raise, right, then the state funded positions get 10% more. Well, you've got teacher positions funded with local money that didn't get a 10% raise. Uh. 
So what you have to do is if, you know, if the teachers and principals got a 10% raise on state funds, then, you know, you can't just tell, oh, you're locally funded, you're not getting a raise, right? So you have to give the locally funded teachers and principals a 10% raise, but the county commissioners didn't give you 10% more, right? Hmm. So in the first committee meeting, I was just sitting there dumbfounded. I'm like, guys, this is nuts. Here's what we need to do. We need to do two things. We need to change the local funding to a per pupil model. And we need to convince the county commissioners of this because one is if student enrollment increases 20%, you know, military families moving in, we have a little baby boom in, you know, Moore County, you know, all this COVID stuff, then then if we have a per pupil funding, then Moore County will give us automatically 20% more funding to recognize that we have 20% more students, right? right? The other problem it solves, it wasn't just a per pupil funding. It is per pupil funding with future increases tied to what they do in Raleigh. So if Raleigh gives a overall 10% increase in per pupil funding, then the county commissioners will automatically give us 10%. So, David, real quick, I want to throw something in there because this is a question. You see this question, Ali? What is the mm -hmm. overall objective or mission statement of Moore County School Board? What is David's role in regards to working towards that objective? Thanks for the question, Brother Brandon. Appreciate it. If you want to, if you want to answer that, David. So, our objective is to have, and this is not just you know accolades or whatever. My objective is to have the best public schools in the state of North Carolina and to give parents no reason to want to send their children to any other school. You know, we have a huge, by the way, that's by the a, way, let, good, let, good goal. Let, let, well, but we can do it. My God, we're more County. You know, I look around, we got talent, we got this and that. And, you know, we don't, we're not as high as we should be. I mean, three D rated schools, right? No A rated schools in our traditional public schools, not one that, that that's unsatisfactory. So let me back up and say one thing, you know, how I use the example that, uh, you know, if our student population went up 20%, right. Right. So oddly enough, more County student age population, I forget the exact percentage, but it's gone up almost 20% over the last three or four years. It, it's a bunch, maybe it's 15%, but it's gone up a bunch. But if you look at enrollment in Moore County traditional public schools, it stayed the steady and declined a little bit. Mm. The difference is being made up by charter schools. Charter schools have, have absorbed all of the growth in student enrollment in Moore County. So what that means is, if parents are given a choice, they vote with their feet and they go to charter schools. And I mean, that's why you have competition, right? You write, you know, you want to raise rise to the competition, but more, if you put it another way, more County schools is bleeding students, but it's been masked by the increase in the student population. If there wasn't a increase in student population, more County schools, enrollment would be down 20%, right. right? So what's my mission? My mission is to save more county schools. It is to make them the best schools in the state and to save the traditional public school system in more county. And I would ask you, 
I had this conversation with Mark Robinson uh, Saturday night. You were there, Abdul. Um, you weren't there for the conversation, but um, who is saving? Who is saving the traditional Moore County or the traditional public schools? These radical, and again, it's just a handful of them, the flying monkeys of the left who want to obfuscate, who wants to put in these social engineering programs, who want to put in critical race theory, who want to radicalize our schools and drive parents away, uh -huh. and, and who want to hide their actions under privacy. And, well, you can't release this because that's a private document. Or, so are those the people that are helping improve public schools, or is it people like us, people like Mark Robinson and myself, who want to get rid of all that social engineering, return to true reading, writing, arithmetic metrics that mean stuff, not just say, oh, that school grade doesn't mean anything. And the only solution that there could possibly be is more money, more money. Forget the fact that you take 58% of the state budget and 48% or whatever of the county budget, the answer is more right. money. We are saving the traditional public schools by reversing their course. Fiscal responsibility, better education, and at a, at a better value. That's what it's all about. And that key word, transparency, that, that's the big word. And, and Ali, um, I, I also wanted to ask, David, has there, has there, since you've been on school board, because I see the comment, right, that somebody made here, right, and that indicates something to me, even though it may be a joke, right, even though a lot is said in jest, but, like, have you had any any attempted cancelings? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Did that say I might need a bulletproof vest? No, wait, so, no, Shiree, you know what, you would be welcome, you worn that hat. We've I sat have. down at a well, Mason's. We've sat at Mason's. We proudly we wore that hat in West Southern Pines. Yeah, and, remember when yeah. we went to the old Southern Pines? Wait a minute, primary? you're right. You, you don't remember yeah. the lady, but letting me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, we we went to Mason's in Aberdeen. We went. We did photo shoots in downtown Pinehurst. We went to West Southern Pines and cruised around. I showed you that disaster that you know the the Democrats in Southern Pines made. You know, that's a whole nother show in itself. You remember right. what we talked about? Well, well not for I'm nothing, you right. Is there really in Cabarrus County think there's a guy running for school board, David Hensley in Cabarrus County? Well, we need to make that. We need to make that. I want to fund. There's a whole thing here with activity buses. It's the most ridiculous thing in the planet. And it's, it's again, it's worthy of a whole show just talking about activity buses to prove the point. But I want to raise $100,000 to get an activity bus up in one of the schools up north. And I want to do it with Hensley School Board merchandise. And I'm going to do it. All right, the urban conservative will touch down there for that. We'll be, in yeah. the, we'll be on the ground for that. So Brandon Smith asked a question. So um, do you think textbooks need to return to the classroom? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're starting to do that. We're going to get textbooks mm -hmm. back in our elementary school. And they're gone. Chromebooks, first grade, third grade. And what's happened is the teachers have to, you know, make, I almost said mimeograph. How's that for aging myself? The, the teachers have to make like millions of copies of handouts and pass them out. So they're really not saving anything. You know, they're just printing a book, uh, you know, 10, uh, 
you know, 10 pages at a time and hand it out to 30 students per classroom. So we absolutely want to get textbooks in, uh, in our classrooms. And one thing that Bob Levy found out, and we're getting the bottom of this, is it appears, speaking of books, and we'll have the facts at the next school board meeting, because look, we bring questions. We don't know what the answers are, good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to talk about it publicly in school boards. And it drives the supporters of the left nuts. But anyway, we found out that in at least one school, I believe it was elementary school, they have not spent any money on new library books in a decade. So, you know, we'll get to the bottom of that at the next school board meeting, but that is the way it's looking. So we'll find uh, out. Wait, 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 hold on. I'm sure they were allocated some money for new books. Correct. Okay. And that's where transparency uh, comes into play. Like, where'd right. that money go? Where'd the money go? Where'd the money and, go? And so the weird right. part is, is the, is see, that's my thing. I'm like, who gets mad at the people? Like, how do you have an adverse reaction to saying, hey, you guys are mismanaging our kids' money. <laughs> you're mad right. at me? Well, you're it, mad at me? You're mad at me for saying that? So, so this per pupil funding thing, right? right. This per pupil funding. Well, this is funny. I forgot to make this point. This per pupil funding. We discussed it in the in the superintendent's budget committee, right? And the superintendents in support of it, the chairs in support of it. Uh, Pam Thompson, the only Democrat, by the way, on our board. There's seven members. There's me, Philip Holmes, and Bob Levy. We're conservatives. There's three Republicans. The incumbents, there's three Republicans and one Democrat. Pam Thompson is the Democrat. She. So you go, me, Levy, Holmes, the next reasonable person on the board is a Democrat. Hmm. And then the three, the three people leaning more to the left are, um, are, are Repu you know, Republicans. Anyway, they'll be gone. But the, uh, the, um, the per-pupil funding had the support of the superintendent, the chair, and Pam Thompson. We didn't tell anyone that. You know, I did a presentation, an open session of, hey, here's the budget ideas. And the left immediately attacked me. And they're, oh, that's horrible. That's someone alluded to this. That's horrible. Hensley's got a scheme and this and that. No, I'm fixing problems. And actually, the superintendent and the chair agree with me. But the left attacks me just because it was my idea, just because it was my idea. So that I guess that says, yes, there's a level of cancer. Like, well, when I say cancer, right, do you do you feel the effects of being on school? Oh, no, 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 no. We talked life? about that on the last show, bro. David Hensley don't like black people. Uh, David Hensley never had black people at his house. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all that. Stuff. Oh, you're so talking the last been, show I was on. Karen. He's been you're publicly about Karen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, uh, you know, they, uh, they're trying to paint me as an elitist, right? They, um, they, um, at one school board meeting, here's the thing, right? What they do, it's sad and pathetic. What they're trying to do is they're trying to use lying and fear mongering to turn me and Bob Levy and Philip Holmes and, and our, and the people who are really trying to fix our school system, fiscal responsibility, accountability, true education. They're trying to make us out to monsters, but people need to not listen to them. I mean, it's just a bunch of crap that they never discuss the issues. You know, right. they never want to bring up their, Oh, well, 
yeah, no, we don't want to. It's just crazy. They, they don't want to talk about issues. They want to sneak up and take a picture of my house and say, look at Hensley's house. He's an elitist, but they overlook. So, I mean, I've got a nice house. Adul, you've been there, right? Did you see? You, nice think you guys have been to my house. I mean, it's. No, but I, I live in the Hamptons. I live around nice houses. Yeah, I, I mean, it, look, it's a nice house. I've worked hard in life. Hey, hey David, but, David. Right. Matrice Colors just bought a $1.2 million. The BLM lady just got a nice house. So what are they saying? She just bought four nice houses. Like. Buying luxurious mansions. Is that what BLM stands yeah. for? Buying Big luxurious living rooms matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so but, anyway, Steve, but anyway. Steve has a good question real quick, Ali. And I, I want to get David's take on this. How beholden are the educators to the teachers union? Well, I will answer that in a minute, but I was building up for my big slam. So, okay, go ahead. So Hensley's an elitist looking at a picture of his house. And they didn't like walk up, you know, they like low crawled up and like, you know, they were behind some bushes. Like, like I'd have a sentry there that would like shoot on sight. Right. Anyway. So them calling me elitist, they overlooked the fact that Libby Carter, the chair she lives at CC, the Country Club of North Carolina, you know, the big gated community. But she doesn't just live in Country Club, North Carolina. She lives on the street. And her house is like on the hill, looking down <laughs> on all the peasants who live in CCNC, right? They overlook that, but I'm an elitist, right? Uh, the, the, the previous chair, uh, Helena Wallen Miller, she was, uh, you know, she was a piece of work. She was a former chair. You know, she had like a super nice house in Pinehurst, but I'm the elitist. But, you know, that's what they do. You know, they're faction lost. They know they're in the minority. They're angry. And their strategy is to divide more county. When, look, we all want the best for our kids. We want awesome education. We want parental choice. And we want to make we want to we want to produce awesome education at at, 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 at with at a good value. You know, we don't need to spend eleven thousand dollars per student to educate our young people when a private school charges seven thousand dollars tuition. How can our spend be fifty percent more student than a private school that teaches Latin in second grade? Right. Right. You know, how do people justify? How do people defend this? Of course, well, you could be. Do better. I, you know what I don't get though, Ra and, and David Rahim and I have talked about this off air. It's like the people who who we should be using as examples of what to do. You use the guy who built his company off a of ten grand. You're that's a, you use that guy as an example of what to do. Why would you like? Why would you want to alienate that guy? Like that just it blows my mind. So getting back to the teachers union, we are blessed in Moore County. We have awesome teachers. We have great administrators. I mean, we really do. Look, and and the ills of the school system are not the teacher's fault. You know, they're not the teacher's assistant. They're not the cafeteria. You know, it's the board of education. It's the central office. But fundamentally, it's the board of education because they're the people who issue the orders, Right. So you can't come on the show. Nobody can say David Hensley talked bad about the teachers. He talked. He never said right, that. right, right. So, but like any other profession, there's some agitators. So, getting back to the question, how beholden are uh, Moore County schools to teachers' unions? Zero, zip, none. Under my watch, under the previous school board, yes, Libby Carter, who's the chair. During the election, she would say, I'm a proud, she was a teacher. 
but she still lives in that nice little house in CCNC, right? She married well. Um, the um, <laughs> I gotta tell you, no, nah, never mind. I, I saw some at the at the. You were at CCNC. That's a nice place, right? Very nice place. You Sounds think elite? Nice. You think elitists live on the street on the hill in CCNC? Anyway, but um, she's she was a teacher. And uh, I'm sure she was a great teacher, horrible board of education member, but great teacher, I'm sure. But um, she, or, or she I, mean, I, I don't know. I never, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> going to get me in trouble, <laughs> but the uh, going to get me in more trouble. But anyway, she used to say, I, I'm a proud North Carolina Association of Educator member. She was a member of the teacher union. Now, unlike New York, in, in North Carolina, teachers cannot form unions, so they have an association. Uh -huh. So, so, and this is an important point because someone asked. So we did, when I was running for education, you know, my big thing was open our schools, open our schools. By the way, our schools are open five days a week, K through 12. How's that for a good victory, right? Right. Uh, anyway, the, um, we had to open our school rally at the, uh, at a school board meeting. The North Carolina, the local branch of the North Carolina Association of Educators, they did a big drive. We need to get people out there. We're going to counter this Hensley guy and people for awesome schools. And we need to keep our schools shut down. We need to keep our schools shut down. Two people. They had two people show up for their rally. One was the president of the local branch of the North Carolina Association of Educators. And the other one was, I guess, his lackey. We were just ridiculing them. It was great. But the point is, we have great people here. You know, we, we, we want to treat our people well. They have no reason to join a union. And and the teachers in Moore County want to teach. And they don't want that leftist crap in their classroom. They don't want this critical race theory. They don't want these new social studies standards. But there's agitators. And the, the handful of teacher union, I use that, yes, their association, the handful of mm -hmm. teacher union people held a huge amount of sway with the previous school board. Mm. Well, they hold none with me. They hold none with Bob Levy. They hold none with Philip Holmes. That doesn't mean we don't represent them, but we represent them by doing what's right for the students, for the, for the, for the parents, for the citizens, and for the teachers, not their little special interest group. Well, you've seen the crap, the NCI, the, the president of the North Carolina Association of Educators is out in Durham. And Adul, you've seen the crap she puts out. She We're not said gonna that the learning deficit is not real, that kids are not suffering. She actually said that our kids are not suffering because of the uh, virtual learning. School. It's insane. Right, right. The previous school board, the previous chair under the previous school board, they would say that, but that's the outrageous stuff they do. They would stand up there and say, virtual learning, our children are thriving, but everyone who had a child could look at it in their own eyes and go, man, I don't think that's right. But that's what they do. And, and in Durham, the president of the North Carolina Association of Educators produced their demands uh, for uh, before the teachers would return to school. Not that she had any power, but the problem is she's got power with the Democrat governor. But their demands were universal basic income, you know, free housing for illegal aid, stuff that had nothing to do with education because they're not there to improve education. 
They're there. The unions are there not to improve education. It's to feed money to the academic industrial complex and to implement their leftist crap. Way so down you, on their list is quality education. So, so Ali, quick question. I'm, I'm just curious. So uh, are we are we suggesting, well, I'm curious. Why is there no conflict of interest? Like I'm on a teacher's union slash association why do you why don't you think there's a provision from allowing people that are a part of a union to serve on the school board? Because it would seem to me that you would serve the interests of the union. Yeah, but you, we don't it's an association. It's not a, a quote union. unquote association or union, because I think that's what's at the root of the question, because here in New York, the, the teachers association and the unions, they wield a lot of political power. Like you can lose right. an election pissing off a teachers association. Like with teachers union, you here in New York, you can you can lose an election because of them. So, I mean, do you think that, that that presents some conflict of interest in your school board, though, if you're if you have teachers union union members on your school board? Yeah. So let me back. up. So before I answer that one point that I meant to make earlier that you jogged my memory, they threw during the election, they threw everything they had at me. They threw the teachers union at me. They threw all this made up crap. My wife's a racist. You guys saw it. We did a program yep. on it and they right. lost and they lost bad. And it's because we stood up to them and we showed that it's a small minority of people. And we exposed the truth. Now, to answer your question, Ryan, uh, in North Carolina, you cannot be a uh, you cannot serve on a council or a board if you're an employee of that organization. So, for example, if you're a sheriff deputy, you can't be a county commissioner. Right. But if you're a sheriff deputy, you could probably be a school board member, as an example. Right. And if you're a school board member, you cannot work for the school district. You know, maybe you work for the county somewhere else. So. Libby Carter is a former teacher. Uh, the other teacher left on the school board, she's a former teacher, right? So no current employees of the school system in North Carolina can be on the board. Uh, you can be sure you can be a member of the union. And is it a conflict of interest? Well, you know, I mean, we all I mean, I'm a member of the National Rifle Association. Do you want to exclude me because of that? I, I say not. But here's the real point that people need to take away from school boards. They have everyone convinced, and I ran on this, by the way. I gave several speeches. They have everyone convinced that teachers, 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 we need teachers on the school board. No, we don't. You need a teacher or two because you need an expert, right, you know, in education to help oversee that part of it. But what you want, and I alluded to this earlier, is you want diversity. You want true diversity on the board. You want experience. What you want, you want people who come from a multitude of different fields. You need successful business people. You need successful tradespeople. You need maybe a banker. You need, you know, someone came from financial. You need an maybe attorney. Maybe a construction guy, right. Right. The key is, the key is you want people who, whatever they did in life, could be clergy, could be military. They were hugely successful. And they bring their experiences and they bring that diversity and experience and ideas and views on solving something. It's like the per pupil funding is brilliant. And, and resources and, and relationships and all these other right. and, and the desire. Because you said something earlier that some of these people are so self-serving and not in it for the actual kids. And that 
like if you don't if you don't want to see the world a better place <laughs> like if, at heart like how do you go, how do you go against saying hey i think our kids should have books i don't think they should have books they should be in front of the screen all day right. Second graders, second graders, no, second what? graders. Because that's basically what the opposition is saying. You, you do realize that, Ali, right? They're, no, no, no. That is exactly what they're saying. But uh, I think our kids should have healthy lunch. No, get them the cheap stuff. <laughs> like, what? So you know a question? You know a question I asked on day one in my indoctrination? And I was, look, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years, right? And um, I'm sorry, over the last couple of months, being on the school board, and I would not have let this answer pass. Um, the school lunch program during the pandemic, when school was not in session, they had a deal where they would still do free breakfast and lunches. And they would get these millions of dollars coming in from the federal government. And they would they didn't lay off any of the staff. And they would make breakfast and lunch available to anyone who wanted it. They use school buses to deliver it. Now, granted, it's the same people that complain they never have enough money for education. They don't have, you know, they don't have money for gas for their buses, whatever. They were using buses, which get about four gallons to the mile, to drive around and deliver breakfast to students, like maybe the 12 people who, 12 kids who wanted it. So they bring the full staff in cook 12 breakfasts or whatever, 100 breakfasts, and then they put in a big yellow bus and drive it around. I asked the question, Dr. Grimacing, how much did those cost per meal? And his response was, it doesn't matter, it's self-funding. And then... I thought I said, what do you mean? And he said, it doesn't matter because all that money comes from the federal government. I let it pass, but I shouldn't have. Because the answer is, isn't, hey, it's free because we, and, and this was a mistake of mine. This was a rookie mistake. The answer isn't, it doesn't matter because that's federal money we get. It matters because those lunches may have cost us $175 each. I, you know, I made that number up, but think about it. You got a full. Why, why not though? Like, well, why you, not? Think, think about it. You got a full stat. I still don't know the answer, but there's another bit of information I'm going to give you. Moore County has roughly 12,000 students and 1,800 employees. So you've got a you've got a kitchen staff, and you get money to feed 12,000 students a year, and they, um, you know, they do breakfast and lunch. So, and again, I'm making these numbers up because I don't know, but let's say COVID-19 hits and you're only doing a thousand meals, you know, because, you know, my kids at home, they didn't want lunch from the school. Most people around, but say you have a thousand legitimate, you know, children that, that needed the help. Well, you got a staff to cook for 12,000. You get money for 12,000. You're cooking meals for a thousand. So right there, that tells you those meals are 12 times more than they used to cost. Plus, you're putting them on a yellow school bus and you're driving that around to deliver meals. God knows what those cost. The question, how much did it cost, is absolutely relevant for several reasons. One is we could have found a more efficient or the previous school board, if they asked that question, could have found a more efficient way to do it. You could have just contracted it out, you know, and had 
someone else do it or have a local charitable organization do it. And then God forbid you give that money back to the federal government or the state government or the local government and say, no, thank you. We don't need this. And we're not going to just spend money because it's free because guess what? It ain't free. Well, and then the other side of this thing is, and it it irks me when I hear people say that it's government, it's free because the government it's all taxpayer funded. It's all our money. There's Yo, no Ali, Ali, I, you know what? Money. Yo, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because that agitates me. Like that really bothers me. Like when that people really, say it's free. Like, the person who says that in the room with me, everything else after they say that is like, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, yo, I tune out because I'm like, dude, you just said it's free. You don't even understand that this is, this is our money. This is your money. This is. If you go to work, it's your money. It's out. It's other people's money that's being forcibly taken. Because I didn't even. You don't even get to stop them from taking it. First of all, well, well, Rod, you know we like we like uh, Milton Friedman around here, and that was one of the things he talked about: how careful you would be with your own money versus somebody else's money. Because if right. that was out of that guy's pocket, it would have been six bucks a lunch. So he's so disassociated with the fact that it's coming out his pocket. That's what really troubles right. the level of disassociation with that mere fact that this is debt we're passing down to our grandchildren and our great grandchildren. We're not recognizing that. So, you know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. We got a couple of comments here, David, if you don't mind, right? Uh, It says, I started working as a substitute teacher many, many years ago, and I saw things 25 years ago that were alarming in the public school system. Parents need to get more involved. I think we all agree with that. Uh, the left but, is even trying to push this agenda on little children in preschool. The textbooks that are in public schools are very old. And next, especially in the history textbook, many facts have been removed from the books by a panel. Right. So what do you think of that, David? The the the, the quality of textbooks, too. Is that something you guys are going to be making sure um, that kids are getting up to date, um, you know, and non-biased, non, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I agree with what you said. Teach teach right. about critical race theory, but don't teach it. Teach right. that that's right. a thing. Right. Yeah, right. But don't teach my kid that. So I, I had this conversation with the superintendent during our orientation. When you get elected school board, there's a day and a half of mandatory, you know, new guy training, right? And part of it is like required stuff, you know, that you just got to learn. And then part of it was, and, and the central office did a good job. It's, you know, introducing the people, introducing the roles, kind of, you know, a good overview. And I had a discussion, I had a curriculum discussion, and this will go to answer your question because it's, it's what we're going to do. We just have to get there. Right. Because Raheem asked a question earlier about curriculum. And I asked, you know, I, I hear all this about curriculum and I don't come from academia. I mean, I have a master's degree and I've, you know, I've spent tons of time in, in education. But anyway, so I, uh, you know, I've heard about, you know, there's the classical education, there's, you know, common core, there's all these different types of curriculum. And I asked the uh, superintendent, do you have to choose a curriculum? I mean, do you have to choose, okay, we're hundred percent classical or we're, we take a Montessori approach or we take a traditional public school or we take a common core, or can we, can we pick and choose the best of each one and come up with our own curriculum? And he said, Oh yeah, you can absolutely survey the universe of curriculums and pick and choose the good parts of it. So, 
what we talked about, and I don't think we're going to get to it this year because we're going to do this bottom-up budget and, and some other things, but I had a commitment from the chair and the superintendent. Again, I just don't think we have time this year, but it's my intention, and if I was in charge of the board, here's what we would do. We would have a series of public meetings. This is the other thing that drives me nuts about the school board meeting. They don't let us talk to anyone. You what, do you, what do you mean they don't let you talk to anyone? You, you can't talk to the, the public. You know, they, the public comes and they get their three minutes and you sit there like a bump on the log and, you know, and then they, and you never get to interact with the public. And we so have there's no back and forth. If a person makes a statement, you really can't say much. Right, right. And, and you know, our little motto is inspire, engage, succeed. Well, how do you engage if you don't talk to anyone at school board meetings? So we have two types of meetings. We have a work session on, on the first Monday of the month, and then we have the business meeting on the second session of the month, right, the second Monday of the month. What I would like to see and I'm going to talk about this in context of the uh, curriculum. I would like to see our business session be where we have discussion and debate, not just amongst ourselves, but also with members of the public. True discussion and debate. So here's what, here's the commitment that I think I have. Uh, we'll see how it unfolds. But we identify the different curriculums. You know, so one one week we bring the Montessori people forward and they talk about the Montessori approach and they talk about how they do it and they, they present charts and facts and figures. And then we have a discussion, a debate with them and, and amongst ourselves, right? And maybe that takes two hours, maybe it takes three hours, I don't know. Then the next week we bring forth the, the classical education people, you know, the people who want to teach everything in the, the Hillsdale College people, right? whatever and then they come and present and then we have a just a public public's there it's live streamed it's there for people to see in perpetuity we have a discussion debate then we call forth the critical race theory people and they we have a discussion and debate with them like adults you know right. we hear what they have to say and then we go well what about this and that and and so we go through the different approaches to education i don't know how many they are Eight, maybe. So we consider six. Then at the end of that, then the school board has a public, just not behind closed doors, not, you know, two of them getting together at a time or, you know, conspiring. We have a public discussion debate among the school board members. Then we have a vote on how we're going to do it. Then we task the central office. Hey, you're going to put together this hybrid curriculum. It's not hard. No, but that's that is my solution to what we should do with the curriculum. Hold up. One thing, one thing that I and I, I love the flexibility that the, the you know, the, some of the charter schools have my good friend, Don McQueen, black led schools of choice. They do that very same thing. They use some of the teach like a champion stuff. They use some of the Montessori stuff. They use. They use a hybrid, uh, you know, a hybrid approach because every approach to education isn't the same. Ali, I, I, I want to pose one thing, too. And it's it's almost weird to me that that if you're dealing with you're talking about the kids, what the kids need to learn and you're talking about the, the, the future. Right. What David is proposing. And I think this is something that is implied, but I, I'm kind of going to shed some light on this. 
as a model for what other school boards should do, the community and the level of diversity, it allows for us to assess as a community what we're going to need. So the trades as a community, if you live in an area that's producing, you know, you got car factories and you got, you know, you can almost kind of, you create a practical education and that's, it's almost what we had before schools were taken over by the government. Like, like what he's put, it's almost like, like, you, you know what I'm saying, Ali? Like when we go look at when, when America was in the top three that David brought that up. Well, how was the school set up? They were set up by local businessmen, local educators, teachers that really cared. The science was applicable. Hey, we grow a lot of corn out here. So let's mm -hmm. talk about all of the different parts. We need people that are going to learn how to do this. We're going to need people to learn how to do that. We're going to need Yeah, we need mechanics. We need mechanics. We need, uh, you know, horticulturists. We need whatever. And that, if you capture that point in history, right, and if we can get back. So a great education, a practical education is more useful than what the left is driving this uh i, I want to call pseudo education it's almost it's a it's just everybody gets an award nobody can lose everybody's right the the, the math is just absolutely mind-bogglingly confusing there's, there's no more just regular multiplication and division right. i don't know what happened you know what you know what blows my mind bro is when i see kids that can't read script it is so weird Yo, like did you can't read new math what do you think they can't math, read David? like what is that yeah, you're talking cursive. Yeah, they can't read yeah. it. So, but see, see, we can use that to our advantage because that can be our secret unbreakable code. We could be like the Navajo code talk. You guys could be the Navajo code talkers in 20 years because none of the younger people will be able to understand what you're writing. Right. right. Yo, <laughs> the kid said I have that founding father handwriting is what he called it. Yeah. What? He said that to you? Yeah, the kid said, it's like, yo, you got that founding father handwriting. So, hey, let me uh, let me uh, you pulled up Lisa S's comment earlier about why is a school board afraid to talk to parents? Let me uh, let me without using names, let me tell you something. Uh -oh. the, um, the school board, you know, we had and we had our first school board meeting upon election was in person and it was great. I mean, a lot of the people there were there to speak out against me because I dared to get elected, you know, the school board. Anyway, it was great. But um Afterwards, there was debate among the school board as to whether our, we should have virtual meetings or in-person meetings. And we got voted down initially, but then we changed it, right, because you know, we're turning the corner. But the comment was made, the comment was made, well, the new board members, they went into the audience during breaks. So if you watch school board meetings, if you watch school board meetings, whenever there's a break, the incumbents, they go in the back room. Myself, Levy, and Holmes, I go out in the audience and I engage people. I talk to them. I don't care if they're for me or opposed to me. I want to hear their ideas and I want to explain my ideas. I don't go in the back room and hide from the public. I want to go talk to them. I, I don't even care if they if they don't support me. You know, that's what it's all about. Right. Yo, you know what's crazy about that, Rob, is I've seen that happen in municipal governments. Like, the good council people will, will not go in that back room. They'll come out. My man Tom Kincaid is that way. He will come and talk with people. That's how you know you got yourself a good elected official. So wait, 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 wait. So we have the school board meeting. Let's say us three were on the school board meeting. Okay, we're adjourning. Bang, gavel. No, no, no. We're not adjourning. We're going to call us a 10-minute recess. And we're so going in the back. Instead of us going out to talk to the crowd, we go dip right. off in the we're back. We're going in the back. Right. 
right. we're gonna have the coffee and, and donuts. Yeah, and taxpayer taxpayer paid donuts. And they can't and ask us anything because what are you gonna do? Bust in the back room? Right, because you're hiding in the back. You're right. You know you that's another thing. Deputy protecting you from no, going no. Back. It's even worse than that. So Moore County is one of the two counties in North Carolina that have their own school resource officers. When under the previous school board, you would go to a school board meeting and there would be three or four armed officers at a school board meeting. I'd go to the Southern Pines town council meeting and like there would be zero armed officers. I mean, the chief of police wouldn't even show up. So after the first meeting, I turned to a person in the central office and said, this is the last time I want to see four SROs at a school board meeting. I mean, and they're what, getting paid? Yeah, they're getting paid. And then they say, the you know, school district, that you know, we don't have enough money. You know, we don't have enough money to pay our people. They would pay four SROs overtime to sit in a five-hour school board meeting to protect the school board against what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But, but, but you know. So, I was so, going to ask that. I'm glad you, you, so what? Okay, we have to find out what would be the, What's the impetus for these guards here? I, you know, I, I don't know because the previous school board would either go in a back entrance or if they went in the front entrance, they would have an SRO escort them. It's, I, it's, it's David. It's creating a command presence. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing. That is a, that's a, force. Oh, it's to intimidate. It's to that intimidate. move is what that is. That is, you know what I'm talking about? When you create a command presence, that's what that was. Well, so see, you're saying, so you're saying if I have the buff, if I have the security guards here and then we go in the back room, you're definitely just, cause you know, some people like you go to the, you go to the meeting, you might get the parent that's like, excuse me, Mr. Hensley, excuse me. And you go in the back room and they're like, no, 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 Mr. Hensley, come here and we'll hit the door. But if you got the command presence there, it's like, I can't even walk to that door. I can't even do it. And it's like, like, so that's scary to think about. Like, why, what do you need? Are you doing something that wrong? You're worried about your security becomes the question. That That's my question. What yeah, that's the only thing I can think about. That's a pressure tactic, bro. Wow. I just, you know, I provide my own command presence. Pow. SRO I don't need an SRO. Intimidation 100%. Right. Well, okay, hold on. I can't act like I know what SRO stands for. What oh, school it? resource officer. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Got it. It's a school I police. I have something to do with a gun. Like, I, it sounds more intimidating as the, the acronym there. School resource officer doesn't sound armed. So anyway, we are, look. There are, we've gotten remarkable things done. We, uh, you know, our schools, we sat down on one January, you know, the previous school board and, and you guys remember when all the schools, most of the schools in North Carolina were closed. And then uh, about a third of the way through the fall semester, the governor said, okay, you can open up K through uh, about halfway through a week before the middle of the semester. The, uh, the governor said, okay, school districts can open up K through five, right? Remember that? And the, um, the, the, the school, the, the Moore County schools got caught flat-footed. It was obvious they didn't have a plan on the shelf ready to go. So they got caught flat-footed. The superintendent said, I'm quoting, the return on, 
the return on it, he went through the timeline. So, so they got caught flat footed. If they'd have had a plan on the shelf ready to go, K through five could have been opened up the entire second quarter of the first of the fall semester, but they got caught flatted. So they had to do their planning. And the superintendent went through the timeline. Well, it'll take us two weeks to figure this out, a week to figure this out, and then two weeks to figure out the transportation plan. Then we only have four weeks left in the semester, and it just isn't worth the return on investment. I almost fell out of my chair. Our children are worth the return on investment. They because, are the return. Well, right, right. And, and well, by the way, the investment is the central office working some overtime and burning the midnight oil on the weekends. Right. So the point is the superintendent said the word it's not worth the return on investment to get our students back into school. And the previous school board sat there nodded their head and pulled out the big rubber stamp and said, okay. So we ran on, you remember the signs open our schools, right? Right. Yes. We got overwhelmingly elected. I sat down the first school board meeting and it's, I'm, I'm going to do a Mark Robinson imitation. <clears throat> well, Mr. Hensley, uh, <clears throat> first item on the agenda, <clears throat> we're opened up K through five uh, immediately as soon as possible. Right. Um, so we did that day one spring semester. We had K through five opened up the minute. And then we said, look, you're going to have plans on the shelf. And how long will it take you from the governor gives the word to open? Two weeks. We did it. Governor Cooper said uh, 6 through 12 can open up. Our schools were opened up two weeks later. So we got K through 5. Great victory. We took one of our surplus stores, Southern Pines Elementary, and we sold it to a charter school. And the charter school eventually will have 700 students. Uh, elementary and middle school. So it's a Montessori school. I don't necessarily agree with uh, all their principles, but I believe in, in, in competition in schools and I believe in charter schools. I don't need to support them 100%. I just need to give them an opportunity. But the point is, uh, our school system, the previous school board spent $24,000 per student building new schools, which is outrageous, but that's what they did. And 700 students, I'm doing the math, $17 million by repurposing that school for a charter school to use, we save the taxpayers $17 million in future school construction. Isn't nice. that great? That's, but, look, that's you know, what I, I, I got to, Ali, real quick, I got a comment here, and I want David's take on this real quick. The schools also use intimidation through surveys, and I believe we had a conversation about the danger in some of these crazy surveys that go home with the kids, like that. Like you're eight years old and they're asking you if you've ever felt gay. It's like what? Okay, so so elections have consequences. So I so first of all, what Linda brought up about surveys they send home to parents, I'd like to learn about those. I've not heard anything about that in Moore County schools. If somebody has that, but I will tell you this, and we talked about this. The Youth Risk Behavioral Survey, where they ask students, they ask students like, how many sexual partners have you had? Uh, have your sexual partners been male, female, or both, or whatever else they throw in there? Uh, have you ever <laughs> used drugs? What type of drugs do you use? Do you bring a weapon? Have you ever brought a gun on school? Uh, 
they ask elementary or I'm sorry, middle school students, have you ever ridden in a car while someone was drinking? Have you ever ridden a car when you're not wearing your seatbelt? Okay, so back up a little bit. First of all, inappropriate. No business. Really, it's just some weird voyeur pedophile that's asking those questions, I'm sure. But first of all, we have constitutional protections against self-incrimination. You know, I'm a law and order guy, but have you ever brought a gun on campus? Yeah, I got one right now. Well, you just incriminate yourself. Yeah, that's right? a fifther. That's a plead the fifther right there. Right. And and have you asking middle school students, have you ever ridden in a car where you weren't wearing your seatbelt? Oh, okay. So we'll just ask you to tell on your parents, right? Because who's part of the Yeah. Uh, or they use check. Yes, it's called a school bus because for some reason we don't need seatbelts on our school bus. Anyway, so that was the youth risk behavior survey. When the previous, and this is the kind of crap they do, is the um, the previous school board when it was running up for election, they did everything they could to get reelected. They they blew all this money on the schools. They made sure the ribbon cuttings were you know around election time. They uh, they they did all this stuff. Well, every controversial decision they postponed till after their election, thinking they would get reelected. Nice, you know. The disposition of Southern Pines Primary School, you guys know about that. That's the, the, the school we went to. Um, the other thing they kicked down, they kicked three things down the can, down the down the road till after the election. They kicked the, uh, the decision on Southern Pines Primary, the decision on Southern Pines Elementary, and whether to sell that to the charter school, because there was no way in hell they were going to sell that to a charter school. They don't want the competition. Right. Right. The academic industrial complex does not want the competition because they know the competition will force them to improve or become irrelevant. Right. right. But anyway, the third thing they kicked down the can was the youth risk behavioral survey. It came up in whatever the August, September meeting, and they made a motion to postpone it till December after the election. We have not heard a peep about the youth risk behavioral survey in Moore County schools since the last election. So because the citizens of Moore County stood up and voted to put traditional minded conservatives on the school board, that nonsense just went away. Right. I'm not going to I'm not going to put Linda, I'm not going to put your number on the screen, but she has a number there and says and for someone to call and she'll be happy to explain it. She's had to fill out many. But just one example, they ask questions on the survey in a way that will give them the answer the school wants. So they're very leading uh, questions. And, uh, and and look at that. So like you said, post elections, you don't hear anything else about it, which is good. But parents who don't who, who don't or aren't currently connected to your school board or know what's going on and you're filling out those papers, those things aren't ethical. Number one, they're, they're not ethical and they're self-incriminating. And it's a bit weird to, to give to your kid. Like this is just a bit just a bit strange. And I encourage you guys to really get involved and figure out like like think about that you're, you're asking in some cases middle schoolers about sexual partners like what are we doing here right that's really weird like what are we doing here so so you <laughs> know weird. thankfully there's people like david on the school board and, and as an example and, and has some great ideas i'm a big david i'm a big fan of copy and paste when something works somewhere let's copy yeah, that yeah. And then paste it over here and see if it works. Because if the similar, if the situation lines up, we got a D-rated school. We got this. We got that. We got oh, all of these things line up with this. Copy and paste that over here. Let's make that work over there. You know what I'm saying, Ali? Makes well, sense to me. Well, so so Ryan, that's part of our plan. We're gonna we're going to we're gonna 
we're going to demonstrate the model in Moore County. We're going to demonstrate how to take our school boards back. We're going to demonstrate how to how to apply traditional conservative principles to solve these uh, educational challenges. Then we're going to export it throughout North Carolina. Uh, in the next few weeks, and I talked with Mark about this, I'm going to go up and see Lieutenant Governor or yeah, Lieutenant Governor Robinson, and I've got some ideas on how we're really going to take what we're doing in Moore County and how we're taking our schools back, and we're going to export that to the other counties throughout the state. Awesome. All right. So, yeah. Go ahead, bro. I was going to say, what haven't we covered today? Um, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm there's things like I said, David, David could go in on for, for hours. We could do this. We got to do it again. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really just, you know, my question is always going to be really like what makes a person check out? Like I'm I'm lost as to why people are opposing good ideas. Like it's just are we just really that connected to to, to whatever it is that we're just gonna be like, you know what? I wanna waste all of this money. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna be efficient at all. Nah, yeah, we know what that is already. Hey. And and we talked about this before. What it really boils down to is the difference between people that are there for themselves and people that are really honestly there to make that place better for those kids wherever they're serving on a right, school. But, but Ali, think about this. What do you send? What do you send a survey with a kid for if you're not profiling the kid or grooming them for something or setting them up for something? Like or 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 like I said, you're looking for a way to to control because now that's think about what they asked us, Ross. When we were when these social workers would show up at different schools and places, think about what they asked us. I remember sitting in an office. No joke, David. I was sitting in an office in LaSalle School for Boys, upstate New York. And the, I, what were we, 12? 11? Yeah, 11. Yeah, and they were asking us, like, um, have you ever thought about having sexual intercourse with your sibling? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, they asked me that. I'm like, Yo, no, and you remember, all right, hold on a second. Do you remember overreacting to some of the questions? Yeah. And, and getting in trouble? I'm like, wait, wait. You know I can read, right? You do really like I know I'm 11, but, but we can read. What are you asking me? I'm I'm starting to get upset, sir. I remember that. Like Mr. like yo, Silver David, Bush. we would lose our cool because we were literate. We were like, ah, that that's a weird question, bro. What are you? What? You know what? I never liked. I never liked treating kids like like they're stupid. I've I, because we've been literate since we were very young. And we could understand the world around us, having access to read things. Once you can read, you can survive the world once you can identify things, right? So I would get offended and I would get mad. Like, why are you treating me like an imbecile? You think I don't understand you. you you're talking to me like I don't understand what you're saying. Well, well, and it but, makes but, me mad. But be, that's because you are elitist you know, born with silver spoons in your mouth, attending this great boys' school up in upstate New York. I mean, you guys are these elitists, just like me. And don't right. forget, don't forget, Rob, we weren't black either. Oh, oh, ah, <laughs> no, absolutely not. And we didn't, we didn't have the BLMs. We didn't have the big, large mansions. So, have- so, no, no, you, you know what you didn't have? You didn't have people, you didn't have people constantly making excuses for you. No. No, you had. I mean, look, setting aside for a minute the the weird questions they asked you and stuff, you had people that 
no, you need to turn yourself around. You need to do this. You didn't, you didn't have enablers who just made excuse after excuse and, oh, it's the man, it's this, it's that. Correct? Certified fact, brother. Certified yeah. fact. Yeah. So, Rob, what else we got for today's episode, bro? Um, my granddaughter, victim of abuse, completely shredded her sleeve while taking one of those surveys. Wow. Mm. Wow. Oh, that was a good comment. I'm raising a critical thinker, and it's been an issue for a few teachers, mainly social studies history. They will try to elicit information from the kids. Yeah. 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 That's that's a thing. I, I love I love the idea of um of these of having these shows, right? And I'm glad you guys, all of, all of the people that are checking out the podcast, these are important concepts, and critical thinking is is at the foundation of what we do here at the Urban Conservative. We want to remain students. We don't know it all. We want to learn. This is why. You know, we don't we don't mind um, exchanging ideas and being wrong and learning. And, and we recommend that highly critical thinking. We recommend it highly. It's a, it's a good thing, David. Um, so, like I said, what 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 else do you got coming up? Uh, is there anything the parents of Moore County need to know that's coming up that they need to be aware of uh, anything that they can get involved with to help them, you know, get more engaged? You know, you think I'd have an answer for that, but I don't. Um you know, look, we have tons of stuff coming up. There's, you know, we like to hear from parents. You know, I like to see people show up for board meetings. You know, I want to increase capacity of our board meetings. Now that summer's here, I'm going to start doing festivals. You know, we got robbed of that during the election because of COVID. You know, I, have, I want to get a tent and set up at festivals and talk to people and press the flesh. Uh, I will not be a reg recluse and I will make myself available. I mean, I have a day job and I have companies to run and I have, you know, girls that are graduating high school this year. Uh, but I will absolutely be available. You know, I'll go when the street fairs start back up, I'll be there. So come talk to me and let's have an exchange of ideas. One of the best things about last year, although it was grueling, was working the polls. It was, I finally got an opportunity to talk to the public. And look, I talked to lots of people who thought different, you know, who came up to me. Oh, aren't you that guy, you know, and this and that. And at the end of the conversation, they're like, wow, I had no idea that you had this, this, and this idea because they believed what these flying monkeys had told them. Or, or we parted agreeing to disagree. But the bottom line was, you know, after we talked, it was like, oh, okay, I understand. You know, we'll agree to disagree. Or, wow, okay, I had no idea. I'm going to go vote for you. So, you know, I look forward to any opportunity to engage the public. Nice. So take advantage uh, of Ali, that. You've been saying that too. You've been saying the same thing uh, with, with you getting your chairmanship that people had an impression of you until they talked to you. And then it's like, oh, ah, okay. Like, oh, yeah. That's not yeah. what, people, it's, that's it, not what it's, I've been told. I got a little you. taste of it, David. And people will be like, that's not what they said you were like. You're yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, well, no one's ever accused you of being a re recluse. I mean, you're everywhere, Abdul. I don't know how you do it, man. You, you have a private jet with a, a, a pilot that flies you around? Not coffee, bro. Coffee. coffee. <laughs> caffeine. Lots of caffeine. Coffee and motivation. Coffee and motivation. So, yes, yeah, you guys I'll are everywhere. You, you want to close this up since she was gone? The last? Right. Look, David, as always, you know the routine. We appreciate you spending some time with us here on the Urban Conservative. We are grateful to have you as a partner and a, and a business partner. And, a, and I can't tell you how much we admire 
watching you run for that school board and getting it. And we're saying that publicly, that we really appreciate being a part of it. I enjoyed coming out there and talking to folks and Moore County is becoming a second home to me. So if uh, Cabarrus ever kicks me out, I'm coming to Moore County. One thing I lead to, and I, and I, I also want to commend you on that, David, um, because I think it's, it's, important people understand like it takes to put yourself in the public light like i'm not a big fan of the angry comments online and the like i i'm a i don't like it i i just think because people don't say things to your face like where's all of this stuff at where the things you're gonna type i'm not comfortable with it so i commend you on being able because you have the truth on your side i think that is but it's also your resolve and 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 like you said we need more successful business people that have the drive right because what what good is it sometimes to have somebody that hasn't succeeded? How can you show somebody how to succeed at something, at anything, if you've never succeeded at anything? Right? I know it might sound harsh, right? But you know, I, I just I just commend you on it. And and I and I like my brother said it's been it's been good to see. It's been inspirational to me because it's it's made me work a little harder. I'm like, yo, I see yo, I see the post going up and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have time for this. I have to do that. So it's been very inspirational for me to watch, and I'm glad to be a part of it as well and, and have been that close to it to seeing it. And congrats again. And Ali, congrats to you on your championship again. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome. All right. So at David Hensley's recommendation, ladies and gentlemen, we will also have another school board member from Lee County right up the road. Um, Sherry Lynn Womack will be on the Urban Conservative on May the 7th. Is that May 7th? Friday, May the 7th. She will be on here. I'm about to share it. I'm about to share yeah. it. Y'all do not want to miss this. When I say this lady is a firecracker, she is a firecracker army veteran she was up there in dc we're going to talk to her about her experience up in dc and then actually having to and david and and the folks in moore county were very integral in doing a, a support rally for her at one of her school board meetings i think what did y'all have almost 100 people show up to support it her? was uh, there were there were a lot of people there and there were a lot more people that showed up for sherry than showed up to oppose her so again we demonstrated in moore county you know, the left showed up and, oh, we had a huge demonstration and there were 10 people there, 12 people there. But the media made it look like there were, you know, thousands. We showed up and we had eight to 10 times more than the left. So you just got to show them that they're just, you know, small in numbers. But I do want to say something. So first of all, thank you for your accolades, guys. I got to say, this is my mea culpa, mea culpa, however you say it. Right? That's right. Um, look. I've had, I, I had some business opportunities that popped up. You know, the left hit me pretty hard. I had my six weeks, eight weeks of wilderness. I kind of disappeared. I, I was doing a bunch of business stuff, but, um, you know, I took a vacation, went to Florida. I thought I broke the sheen off my pasty white complexion, but I didn't quite get there, but I'm back and I'm back with you guys. I'm back. I'm back. Let's just Look, say that. There you have it. Well, Tony's <laughs> back. Back and, right, never left, as they say. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. Jump on over to TU Conservative, help, uh, conservative.com. Help us hit that 2,000 subscriber mark is what our goal is. We need 2,000 of y'all to jump on over. It's only 10 bucks for the year. You get that uh, blog. Dope blog. Shout out to Scott and Vivian and, and everybody that's contributing to the blog. We have an amazing news feed you can check out. And we got some TUC gear coming. Raheem is going to have some of that exclusive stuff in the coming week. So jump on over to the website. We really oh, appreciate it. One, thing, one, one yep. thing, one thing before we go. And remember, we're coming to Moore County. Uh, we will be at 
at the Marketplace Restaurant. Go to our Facebook page. Check out the Small Business Spotlight. If you want to participate in the Small Business Spotlight, just holler at us. Go to the website. Send us a message. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Everything is the Urban Conservative. Once again, super big shouts out to David Hensley, the whole Moore County, all of our North Carolina family, all of our New York family, and all of the New York supporters. Everywhere. Every, I seen Kentucky in there today, bro. I seen Canada in there. I seen there's a bunch of places. So shouts out to all of you guys that support us. Remember to hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. We will see you guys maybe later in the week. I think we got we got enough going on. Yeah, we got something coming up later in the week, bro. Yeah, we'll see you guys in like two days. All right, peace and love, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone.